And you know, can I tell you one of the things as well is, is the issue or the inability to let go. The inability to let go of past hurts or past relationships or past mistakes, right? I don't know if you have ever laid in the bed, you're right, you're, you're just about to go to sleep and then you remember the embarrassing thing you did mm-hmm. when you were in fifth grade and you can't go to sleep <laughs> because it's like, how, how could I do that? I was on stage. Um, but I, I'm actually like going through a specific memory right now. <laughs> I have no idea. This isn't terrible. <laughs> yeah. And this is Eddie. And this is Defying Self Podcast. Yeah. All right. <laughs> In this episode of Define Self, we talk about defining the noise of opinions. So we talk about how do we even get here? Why do other people's opinions matter? And why are we still stuck in some cases? And I think I think I'm excited about this for for uh, a couple reasons. One, this is I feel the heart of defining self. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because we are, the, well, the worst parts of us is a makeup of other people's opinions and and history creating inconsistencies in who we are and who we feel we, we are meant to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So so when we start talking about defying noise, the noise of life, um, mm-hmm. like this, this hits right at the heart of it. You know, this goes right into the mission of of what we're trying to do. If we can if we can alleviate this 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 dissonance, you know, inside of us that says, Well, I feel that I'm supposed to be this way, but my reference points, my history, um, the people around me, the bad opinions tell me that it's something else. Mm-hmm. You know? So so I'm I've been really excited about this topic. You know, uh, as as we've been talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely an interesting one, and it, it's a great one to talk about because it's it's a personal one, right? Uh, you know, dealing with the noise of other people's opinions, right? That's that's something that I, I it's it's exciting because I think it's something that we can relate to in a very real way. Right, and we can relate to not because it's something that we fully overcome, but that it's something that we are overcoming. Mm-hmm. Right, that it's it's an area where personally I know I'm continuing to grow. Right, like I kind of like have an image of you know how though you know you kind of like sometimes get this say you know this image where you have some kids, like some young kids who don't really care about what you know people's opinions. They'll do their own thing, and then you have that child who likes to please, and I'm that child who likes to please. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like if I think of myself from when I was very young, I was a child who liked to please, and I didn't want to see my grandmother upset. Right, my grandmother would have been that person who would have raised me. Um, I didn't want to see her upset, and I remember that if she were upset and she would, you know, scold me, uh, you know, call me to order, I'd actually cry. Mm-hmm. You know, I was also very sensitive to that. You know, I'd actually cry. <laughs> um, and so, because I am like a people pleaser in that way. You know, so this whole topic of dealing with the noise, or more so, especially when I was young. I mean, obviously, as I've grown older and have began to understand, you know, the voice that needs to have authority inside of my life, which is the voice of God, there's had to be a shift, 
right? This has to be a shift away from people's opinions. This had to be a shift away from my own personal opinions and more towards God, what is your opinion? And that's the thing that I want to base my life off of. So, you know, there's been a shift. It's, it's obviously a shift that's not complete, but I love this topic because it is referring, it's a very personal to me because I am that child who liked to please. Yeah. So people's opinions mattered. Right. Or my, you know, my parents, the, my elders' opinions mattered. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that, you know, for, for people who are raised, um, you know, raised by parents that care, that love, um, uh, for those of us who are raised in a strict household, of course, but it's even specifically those who are raised in a religious or spiritual you know, um, a Christian environment, you know what, the thing that's drilled in over and over again is obedience, is listen. It's, you know, it's this thing of, of, you know, conform. You have to conform. You have to fit. You have to um, uh, be exactly, you know, like we say you should be. So when does it switch off? You know, when, at what point do we say, well, okay, now I can start drawing from somewhere else to tell me who I should be. You know, the the pattern since early days is, well, I am who my authority says I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it's meant to be. It's the design of life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the whole thing where the scripture will say, well, how can you say you love me, a God you don't see, when you don't love a brother, somebody you can see? So for me, that you know, like the scenario describing that, yes. I mean, whether you grew up in a spiritual home or not, but I think that's just sort of like a model of how kids are brought up where you are brought up and you are taught that mom, dad are your authority and you need to learn to hear our voice and to respond to that, right? That's how we are all brought up. But that, it has to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Like the principles have to start somewhere. So for a child, think about it, it'd be very difficult for the child to begin to understand certain concepts if you just have to talk about them like using an outside entity, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a God you can't see and you're trying to teach your son uh, obedience. It's not to say that they won't finally understand that, but I think that an easier way to help them begin to understand the importance of obedience, yes, is to you use the context of the home, use mom and dad. And that's something that I do when I you know, speak to the boys where I'll show an example and say, oh, yes, it's important that we learn to be obedient. So when mom talks to you, you learn to listen. And yes, when God talks to you, you learn to listen. But, you know, I use me because I know that because I'm so much closer, he can relate to that much more. Mm -hmm. But it's not that it ends there. It's something that's supposed to show us a structure of reality, right? But then help us. And I think maybe sometimes because we just stop there, Mm -hmm. right? We don't journey past that and take the principles and then apply them to, you know, a higher order, mm-hmm. a God, and how we really need to relate to him. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that the minute we start relating to him, then, you know, he will bring order into all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. So that, yes, you might have started with mom and dad's opinions, helping you shape certain realities and structures. But as you grow older, you realize that, well, the opinion that matters the most is God's opinion. And then mom and dad, they can say what they need to say. But if the opinion doesn't fall in line with what you are hearing from God, then, well, you don't necessarily have to. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think what was missing and and uh, it's it's just not something that parents do naturally or normally. It's I mean, this is what parents do. Obey because I said so. That's it. Yeah. You know, you don't need an explanation. You don't need a reason why. Obey because I said so. 
So what we train our kids to do is to um, is to respond to a set of emotional cues and take that and run like no other questions. And I think I think some of what you're talking about as far as giving reasoning and giving them a peek like, hey, behind the scenes, this is why, you know, the same way that you hear dad and mom, this is how it should go like this is the explanation. Yeah, I feel that was that was missing. Mm. And that has hurt us now as adults trying to defy ourselves. Yeah. Right. Because now we can we can live off of assumptions. Right. Because as kids, that's what we had to do. Mm -hmm. We had to assume, you know, that mom and dad said, look, both ways before I cross the street. And I had to assume that's going to keep me safe. I have no reasoning behind it, right? But but because of my developmental stage and period, that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the issue here now as adults is we grow up and we we also continue to thrive off of assumptions, right? And so so um, I could sit down and have an entire conversation in my head with you before I even open my mouth and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And before <laughs> and and so that's why you know we end up struggling with um a lesser form of ourselves is because in our minds we're not nice to ourselves you know we we don't we don't take care of ourselves and we are going based off of assumptions you know instead of asking and putting thoughts on trial and saying well why mm-hmm. you know uh, um why should i believe this about myself why should I, I go there? But, you know, and, and I guess the point I'm making is that it starts with parenting. Yeah. I think it's important that as parents, we not just tell our kids what to do, but we tell them why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's important because the, the other word that you mentioned, which I think is very important to me, is the emotional cues that arise from, I guess, you know, that mode of parenting. Where is that? Or just do this because I tell you to do so. Right. Uh, and like if that, and I mean, granted, right, that even though like most of the times I'll strive to explain, yes, fine, there may be moments where I'm like, okay, well, there's actually no time to explain. Just for now, can you just do this? Sure. You know, which is also like it has its context. However, that can be my default. Yeah, of because course. I do want them to the, the boys to begin to understand the reason behind doing certain things. That if you don't do this, these are the set of consequences that could flow from X. But the thing that I, you mentioned that I'm like, I think that's important is that this emotional cues. So sometimes what happens or most times what happens is that we can develop either healthy emotions or very unhealthy emotions because of the interactions and the environments that we grew up in. Right. So you, all you know is that if you don't obey, your parents are going to be very mad and there will be a set of consequences, even though you don't fully understand the real importance of obeying. Or, or maybe all you understand is that disobedience means negative emotions. Um, and negative emotions, then you have shame and you feel really bad because you're looking at your mother and you're looking at your father just like so so upset. And it sort of ends there. I mean, the emotions themselves, and not to say that all of those things don't have their place because, yeah, having the ability to feel bad about something is not really a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I think if it ends there and you don't understand that, well, they're not only upset because... These are potential things that can happen from me doing this or not doing that. Um, I feel like then maybe when we're older, all we carry from our experiences is just a need to avoid the people we love from experiencing negative emotions. Right? So that's the battle now where in some ways their opinions matter because I want to manage your emotions. 
Yeah. Right. Because I don't want you to be feel sad. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So your opinion matters because I care about you and I don't want to feel sad. And unfortunately, it's one of those things that was stuck in the home. And then, of course, as the kids grow, as we grow up, as we grow up, you know, it, it extends to friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's a, another thing that pops up where you want to belong. So little Johnny's opinion also now matters. So you can, easy, well, then, you know, I mean, all the kids are different, but you know what I mean? Perhaps you're one of those people now who lives life to try to manage Johnny's emotions because you always want Johnny to be very impressed with you. Um, so, and I mean, I don't know if I'm like completely explaining it uh, fully, but I, I, but that word just sort of sprung something in my mind. I'm like, man, there is something about just this word emotions, mm-hmm. you know, emotions. And it's, so there's something very powerful because yes, when you grow up, you know, emotions are really a big part of who we are and how those things are built ends up, making us the kind of like adults that we are with the kind of wounds we have and then, you know, causing us to have to begin to heal from certain things to form healthy behaviors, you know, in ourselves, right, and healthy behaviors in how we relate to others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's I, I, I appreciate that. It sounds like what you're saying is is as we're growing up, we're trained to... um we're trained in emotions, but not necessarily trained in identity. Yeah. You know, we're trained to right. to respond and mm-hmm. to act and to behave based on the emotional cues that we get for, uh, from others mm-hmm. more than, and, and I guess it doesn't come naturally to do it from a, a space of identity, specifically if that identity doesn't match, you know, just, just how you feel, or, or yeah. where you're at, or it, it, it doesn't match the emotions. Yeah, I should say that. Yeah, yeah. I think identity and principle, because you know the scenario that came into my mind is that imagine you have you know two kinds of kids. Never mind personalities, because yes, granted, there's some personalities that are more inclined to just do their own things, and others that are more inclined to, to just you know. But I'm like sort of like never mind that. But I'm like supposing you know you have a scenario where um, you you have a, a, a kid who understands this. You know if you don't do if you do this it could lead to a bad path and you know these people can can get hurt so the principle is be you know think through what you do um and make sure that the decision you're choosing is the right one right so so this is like an individual who understands the principles and who understands the you know the reasoning behind a instruction of hey when your friends say, let's go there, don't just go, um, you know, because these are the consequences versus maybe somebody who's like, well, when your friends go there, you better not go because, you know, like, you know, you know how sometimes as parents, we can just have like a very convoluted emotional mm-hmm. um, outburst or conversation where you're still really haven't drawn clearly the principles behind why it's important you don't go there and why it's important to slow down and to make the right decision. So imagine an individual now who is carrying just a sense of, um, you know, again, like that, who is very emotionally based, right? Who is driven by wanting to see a certain person happy. So when you're confronted and you, you know, there's a peer pressure moment, I'm like the person who's probably like emotionally driven when, you know, groups of friends are like, oh, hey, let's go do X because you want to belong, because you want your friends to be happy with you, you're probably maybe more inclined to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go along with it. Even though maybe you don't feel 100%, you know, great about it. Maybe versus somebody who has a better understanding of 
you know, the principles and the reason why when somebody says do something, you don't just do it regardless of how they feel because you have an idea that uh, this is not the right thing. I feel like that individual who is not just emotionally driven but understands the principle is maybe more able to say, you know, I mean, I like you and I like to be friends, but uh, no, I don't want to do that, you know, because they understand that, well, if I do that, yes, fine, mom and dad might not be happy, but even more than that, I understand that the consequences that may flow from that are not good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it just kind of like illuminated that in my mind that it's so important that like, I mean, and unfortunately some of us have kind of like experienced a more emotionally based kind of parenting uh, versus, yes, fine, there'll always be emotions and there's nothing wrong with that, but also an understanding of principle mm-hmm. that allows you then to walk into a situation, care about human beings, care about emotions, want to be friends, but still be like, no, but that's not ultimately going to be the only thing that rules me. Mm-hmm. I am still going to choose, you know, differently. So we've been talking about defying the noise of opinions in our lives and something that's important to Ntibo and I is how that shows up in our parenting. It's important that we can overcome the noise that makes us insecure in our parenting. So we have a set of initiatives coming up that we want to make sure you know about. You can go over to apfamilycounseling.com. AP as an anchor point, familycounseling.com slash noise. And you'll learn about some of the initiatives that we have coming up specifically for parents. We'll be doing a Facebook group soon. Uh, there'll be some live coaching calls and opportunity to participate in that happening. Um, and there'll be free resources, um, handouts, email templates, all to help decrease the noise so that you can increase your confidence in your parenting. Well, I hope you'll check it out. So let's get back into this episode. I think this is a good spot just to take a break and let's look at what we actually have said so far. Um, uh, because I didn't, I didn't expect us to, to break down where noise comes from and why yes. we're so susceptible to, to everybody else's opinion. Yeah. You know, so one thing that you mentioned early on was the issue of just um, as kids, we're, we're raised to, to want to listen or we're raised to be obedient to want to please right okay our parents which is not a bad thing but what we're saying is that i think for at least for us we can say that unfortunately sort of ended there where inside of the lessons we were not or inside of yeah the oh you, you you need to do this we were not also given an opportunity to also understand why it's important right Mm-hmm. to obey and why it's important to do certain things, mm-hmm. right? You kind of like felt like, oh, well, you better do this because if you don't, then you're going to meet your mother's fury. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to meet her emotions and it sort of ended there. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, so it starts building a human being who is just inclined to, you know, to, I guess to, to, you kind of like manage life to make sure that your mother's emotions. Yeah. And I think what's what's fascinating is how, you know, that point absolutely goes hand in hand with the developmental stage that is that is crucial from birth right into school age. And then you go into school age and it, it kind of touches the second point that we talked about, which is this issue of we're trained um, how to respond to emotions, but it's not necessarily 
um, we're not necessarily in a place where we're responding to principles. Yeah. You know, so so we're trying to, you know, I think you use little Johnny as the example. <laughs> yes. A little jo- so John little Johnny, you, everybody knows a little Johnny. Um <laughs> little Johnny we want as a friend. Uh, yeah. so we're going to do what we can so that there's good emotions yes. in between us. Right. Yes. Um, and so just let's go from there mm-hmm. and, and continue because the next stage from school age, right into adolescence and into, into teenage world, how does, how, how do these opinions that shape us show up here? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll, I'll start off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because here's, here's a, big thing that happens as teenagers is this issue of I have to know my fit or I will die. Hmm. I have to know my fit or I'll die, which is why teenagers are over overwhelmingly, you know, uh, um, immersed in, in not just social media, but being in the know, you know, mm-hmm. memes and, and knowing what's funny, what's the new thing happening this week that's 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 viral. And um, there's this there's this issue of belonging mm-hmm. that is just so crucial. And and in order for them to actually be successful, they'd have to they'd have to look around their and 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 look at their peers and realize that there's not very much difference between me and my peers. I'm successful. Mm. You know, I've achieved where I should achieve, like, my friends, I look like them. Mm-hmm. I act like them. A little bit of them rub off of me. A little bit of me rub off of them. And we have each other's back. This mm-hmm. is the stage where it's it's no longer um, all about what my authority is saying, but I'm getting to a place where I know more than my authority. And my peers are more or more important and what they have to say and their ideas are even so more important. So now their opinion. So that's the yeah. thing where it starts with... My dad and my mom, mm-hmm. you know, especially when the kids are young, you know, they're wanting to make sure mom and dad are happy. And then as you grow older, now your peers' opinions mm-hmm. matters. Yeah, right. 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 Which is where issues of uh, self-identity crisis starts to show up in a very, very real way mm-hmm. when kids, uh, kids reach teenagehood. Mm-hmm. Because now, and this is where the bullying, the, you know, all of the social anxiety starts to show up. Yes. Because you so are so anxiety. aware yeah. and you you want to be validated yeah. by your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the opinions in your mind matters. Right. And obviously this is like a generalization because of course there's gonna be kids that are like different, but I think on a whole that's sort of like what the you know the average development of a person would look like yeah. and that's something that i think we would say that you you became conscious of it you know as a teenager i would have become conscious of the social dynamics mm-hmm. and you would have wanted to blend in yeah right blend <laughs> right in. Yeah. because if you don't blend in then you're spotted and then the negative opinions will come out at you correct and then that's something that is very tough to deal with yes 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 i have to know my fit I have to know my yeah. fit. And so so here we are. We're adults. We've been trained and tutored in responding to emotions. We've been we've been living off of assumptions as as babies and assuming without explanation. Um and so now we arrive in a place where where I know I have something to do. I have no, I know I have something to offer the world. I have a call, I have a space, but 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 the opinions that are around me poison me. Yeah. 
right? The emotional response, my need to be affirmed mm-hmm. by those that are in authority mm-hmm. or those that are my peers. Yeah. Those are that hold in regard. Right. Right. Because right. there's some pe- people that you hold in regard and, you know, you like, you like for them to think well of you. Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. And those are the, the those would be the people that are probably weighed the most upon mm. you and your sense of being. Right. You know, if there's any person that you sort of like hold like that inside of your mind and inside of your heart. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's where the difficulty come because yeah. it's almost like all of this time you've dug yourself into a hole. You know where it called people's opinions and those things being of materiality to you. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that, wait, but now I'm an adult and I'm trying to do certain things. But all of a sudden, this thing that at some level maybe, mm-hmm. maybe might have made you feel like you are successful at some stage, mm-hmm. you know, when you did get the approval, all of a sudden perhaps you grow and you become mature and you realize that to the extent that it's off, right, you begin to realize that this thing is actually getting in the way of you fulfilling your potential and fulfilling your purpose. Yeah. You know, the thing that you used to value, maturity now says, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I guess maybe this is where, in some cases, as you mature, you realize that certain people are not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Because for as long as they're in your space, they sort of continue to infringe upon you. And it just makes it hard for you to move ahead. And so maybe this is where also tr- relationships begin to you know, transition, change. Um, but I think even in relationships, transition and change, they still probably are still in need to deal because these things tend to be inside of you. Yeah. Right, because it becomes more than just about the other person. It's a, it's a seed that has come inside of you. And sometimes you can change people and friends, but this thing is inside of you. So the thing that's inside of you is the thing that needs to be dealt with right. more than the people because the people you can control, mm-hmm. but you have power over you. Mm-hmm. Right, so you have set yourself in your own prison, and it's like, well, there's a need now to release yourself from this prison called others' opinion. Yeah, so that you can step into a purpose, right, and more freely do what God wants you to do, mm-hmm. whether people agree with you or they don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, it's like, well, it's such it's such an important need to arrive at the place where what God says matters more than what anybody else says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, um, we're transitioning the conversation here. and We're now talking about what keeps us stuck, what keeps yeah. us stuck, not moving, you know, and, and, and not moving into what's what's new and what your principal identity should be. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, you've hit right off is people, is the people that you keep around you. Um, uh, you know, and I guess the question I have for you and the question I'm asking myself is, well, what is it that kept us stuck? What is it that that made us immobile from defying ourselves? And what you know, what are the noise what what made the noise louder than it actually was? And I guess mm. one thing for me um was just the the fear of not knowing, you know? Um it's this inferior inferiority. Mm-hmm. Inferior- inferiority, yeah. Yeah. You're you sound so much prettier. Inferiority. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Is this complex, right? <laughs> that that just that just like this thing is like, look, I'm just not I'm just not good enough. I I don't know enough. I don't have enough education. Um, there are people out there doing the thing that I want to do, and they look better. They are more successful. I don't know how to perform in front of a camera. I mean, you know, just like it's the it's the many thoughts yeah. that just just come right out of my heart that that uh, that tell me mm-hmm. that yeah, you actually 
that thing that you think it's a dream you can't do it you're not good enough for that um so so for me it's that just that sense of well i just don't i just i'm not good enough for that Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think for me what kept me stuck so yeah so it's people's opinions right in a sense that so for me the thought of having to be put in the spotlight was like oh great no i don't want that Mm. right and the reason and this is the reason i'm saying it's people's opinions even though that's not initially what i would have necessarily that would have it wouldn't have necessarily been my first thought but you know in a sense it is um because i'm like wait but if i put myself out there great that's me putting myself on a stage so that people i so that i and I'm, i'm essentially exposing myself to people's opinions you know it's like oh wait what i have to go and sing upstage well, if I sing and I sound horrible, so great. Now those people that think that I sound horrible, now great, I'm going to actually know about it because let's say they're going to boo. Mm-hmm. right? And then, yeah, fine. Some people may think that I don't sound all that bad and they may clap. But you know what I mean? It's the fear of exposure. And the fear of exposure is because why? You are concerned about the eyes watching you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing that makes you think, you know what? Nah, I don't want to have any eyes watching me. I don't want to hear your opinion. I don't want to read your comment yeah. about me because, and why would, would I feel that? Or why would that matter? It'd be because I think that what you have to say is material. Right. Because if I didn't, then, well, it would never even be an issue. Like, you would not even be part of the equation. You know what I mean? Like, your opinion wouldn't be part of the equation. Yeah. But because. You know, yes, I guess it's that brokenness inside of me. You see the eyes and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to stand in front of those eyes. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just to take that the next step, the the thing that holds me back is the fear of being rejected. People, well, right. And again, and, that's another example, right? Sure. People's being afraid of people's so, opinions. So there's the opinions noise. and then there's the people that will actually just you know, discount you and yeah. say, you know what, you're not, I'm, I'm going to affirm that fear in your heart that says you're not good enough. Good enough yeah. And I'm, I'm checking out, you know, yes. um, I've been, I've been currently working on um, just reaching out and investing in myself and, and essentially reaching out to my friends and, and texting them and say, guys, I'm, I'm doing some new things. I want to, I want you to be a part of it. I want to tell you about it. And it's crazy. I, I'm going through my phone book. It's not all your friends, babe. You're going through your entire phone book. I'm going through my entire Because if you're your friends, I don't think you'd be worried. That would be well, At some point in my life, they but, were my friends. At some well, yes, point exactly. in my life, That's they what were, I'm saying, I, like, right? I built life with them. I invested in them. And, point, so, but, yeah. and so I'm literally sweating bullets while I'm texting people and calling people. And I'm like, I hate this because who, how about if one of them just all of a sudden hates me? And and just says, or just says How no, dare I don't want to be part of your mailing list. Well, yes, okay, that's yeah. what it would sound like. No, I don't want to be a part of it. But yes. what it would mean to me, what uh-huh. what that would sound like yeah. to that to that internal boy is, I hate you. Yeah, and you're the you worst person be my ever. Friend. No, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> now, but look seriously though, it's yeah. a real issue. Um, and and I think that it keeps it kept it. Well, it's not. It didn't keep me frozen. I pushed through it, but. I could think of many times in my life, and I could think of many people I talked about where the fear of people just seeing me and saying, "You know what? I don't want to be a part of of friendship with you." Mm. Um, yeah, it's I like you're not good enough to hang with me. You just you're not good enough, kind of thing. I'm good enough to hang with you. Well, no, no. I mean, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> listen. 
I'm not talking about We've been it, hanging so. for yeah. like a long time. <laughs> I'm just I, translating what you say. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's one of the issues. Like just taking that a step further. It's that fear of rejection. Mm. And you know, another for me, if I just sort of reflect back on my life, I think the uh, another form of me being frozen is is uh, me shrinking myself mm-hmm. for fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, me shrinking myself so that I don't ever, you know, it's like you don't want to stand up straight because if you do, you'll be noticed and then the opinions might come mm-hmm. and you're scared, yep. right, to hear the, the opinions. So for a long time, like if I think of, you know, me going through a high school, it's like that's what I did. I shrunk myself. Yeah. You know, you make yourself invisible. Sure. Why? Because you're scared of people's opinions. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing of blending in. Mm-hmm. Because if you were to come out and to be your true into your true nature, then wait. Well, they might notice you, and well, if you you are afraid of being rejected, well, you don't really want to be noticed. Yeah. So that's what I did for a long time to just sure. shrink myself to try to stay in the background. Right. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just keep you know keep yourself hidden. Yeah, that's that's what I did for a long right. time. And you know, can I tell you one of the things as well is is the issue or the inability to let go, the inability to let go of past hurts or past relationships or past mistakes, right? I don't know if you have ever laid in the bed, you're right, you're you're just about to go to sleep, and then you remember the embarrassing thing you did mm-hmm. when you were in fifth grade, and you can't go to sleep <laughs> because it's like how how could I do that? I was on stage, um, but. I, I'm actually like going through a specific memory right now. <laughs> but, you know, I will say that, uh-huh. you know, when th- the activity I was just talking about, when I was texting and emailing friends, I actually had one of my friends that said, no, I, I don't want to be a part of that. Okay. And so um, I, I, I found myself and and his name was like early on on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I, I had to find myself like letting go of that conversation with every, which each effort, just like this, it, it doesn't matter if this is, if this results in the same way and is another person that says mm-hmm. no. And the truth is that, and that's something I've learned now, mm-hmm. I have to have people that come to me and say no. Yes. I have to get through those numbers yes. so that I can find the people that are going to say yes. Yeah. And I think that also helps you because, you know, like the, the, it's that whole thing of also facing your greatest fear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in this case, your greatest fear or one of your fears being, you know, rejection, you know, yeah. people's opinion. And obviously, if it's a good opinion, obviously nobody is scared of a good opinion. Sure. It's more so should you receive the negative opinion. So I think the thing that's healing about that is that the minute you start to hear it, mm. right? Maybe the first time you hear it yeah. is startling, yeah. but I think it heals you. It cures you. Yes. And it begins to show mm. you. That, that thing is not as powerful as you think. Right, that's beautiful. So embrace it. Yeah. So now you're able to say, oh, wait, that didn't really hurt as much as I, I thought. Right. You know, yes, when you're in fifth grade, things be, see, you know, like as kids, things are much more illuminated, much more, you know, they seem just bigger. Yeah. You know, um, so yes, your friend would have said n- no, but then the no becomes like a no, and it just becomes yeah. horrific <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thing in your mind. But now you hear it as a man, a grown man. Somebody says no. And all of a sudden you realize, that, wait, no, but I'm not. I'm not a child. Correct. And wait, no, I can receive your no and mm-hmm. it's okay. So you keep texting and, you know, trying to tell, get word out about what you're doing. And you get a second no. Think about it. By the time you get to the 10th no, mm-hmm. 
are you still scared of no's? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like the power of, or the fear of being rejected. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you process it correctly, you kind of like receive it correctly. You know, I like to believe that the process like that cures you of it. Yeah. You know, because each text is like a step of bravery. It's a step of you saying, you know what? I The old me wouldn't want to do this, but I'm going to continue to just to text and we'll see what happens. Right. Right. That's uh, excellent. It's excellent. Hey, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Defying Self. And we want to continue to encourage you to go over to our website and continue the conversation. Go to defyingself.com and include your thoughts in the comments. I encourage you to tune back in in a couple weeks when we when we publish our next episode where we actually begin to deal with overcoming the noise of opinions. Uh-huh.